Life Audio. Welcome to the Homeschooling Families Podcast. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and I am so glad you're here. Since it's Friday, we'll be diving into questions that have been asked by TTD families, and today's topic is a big one. It comes up almost every time I do a Q&A or open things up for questions. In fact, on a Heart School Parenting Intensive call recently, we dived into this deeply. The topic we're covering today is about siblings. How do we keep them from fighting? How do we help them see themselves as friends instead of rivals? I'm joined on the show today by my friend Sherry Seligson, who has a lot to share on this topic. And I promise you'll gain a lot of insight and help as she unpacks this for us. Sherry Seligson is a 21-year homeschool veteran with a Master's of Education. She's also a marine biologist, all of which makes her super cool to talk to. She's authored several apology and middle and high school science courses, as well as their instructional video courses, the Nature Truths devotional, and many other publications. Sherry loves to encourage parents to learn along with their children as they homeschool, making the process an adventure and an opportunity to grow closer together. Before we dive into today's podcast, I want to mention our upcoming Homeschooling Parents Summit in Cartersville, Georgia on Saturday, September 23rd. Join David and me along with Dr. Kathy Cook, Sonia Schaefer, Amber O'Neill Johnston and others and immerse yourself in a day of incredible insights, practical strategies and uplifting discussions that will revolutionize your marriage and homeschooling experience. You can get more details on that summit at teachthemdiligently.net forward slash events. Today's episode is sponsored by the Explorer's Bible, which helps kids place God's Word in the middle of God's world. With engaging full-color designs and clear language, the Explorer Bible will welcome kids of all ages into exploring and understanding the Bible for themselves. Order copies for your kiddos today at teachthemdiligently.net forward slash Explorer Bible. Now stay tuned, you're in for a real treat, as I'll be back with Sherry Seligson right after this short break. Sherry, welcome back to the podcast. I'm so glad you're here with us today. I'm super happy to be here, Leslie. Can you tell us, I mean, I I know you, I love you, I've, I'm so grateful for our friendship, but for those who don't know who you are, can you give us a little bit of information? I, I told them all that, you know, you've written for Apologia and you, you do these really great teaching videos. My kids have loved your classes, but can you tell everybody a little bit of who you are and what you've done just before we dive in? Sure. Yeah. So my husband and I have four children and we homeschooled them from kindergarten all the way through high school. All of them are doing various things now in their different careers, very unique children, all four of them doing very different things in their lives. And it's just been wonderful to see them launch. Before we had kids, I worked as a marine biologist at Walt Disney World's Living Seas Pavilion and um, did shark research there, shark behavior research and worked with the animals. And then after we, I came home with our, when our first child was born and began to homeschool and course, when you get pegged as a sciencey person in the homeschool arena, you tend to do, you know, people say, please teach my kids. And I love talking about science and seeing God's fingerprints. So I've done that for years and I now write curriculum for apology and do teaching videos. And I write other books, just helping parents and encouraging parents in their journey as homeschoolers. Well, and I love the way that you're always able to tie such practical 
illustrations, often from the world around us, into biblical truths. I mean, every time I hear you speak, I come away like, that was the coolest thing. And it's so tangible. And God has gifted you so magnificently in that way. And I appreciate it so much because you really do make make these concepts and these things that we see around us so applicable, so relatable. And you you show God's truth through them so beautifully that I, I just really appreciate what you do. Well, thank you. It's a lot of it has just been, you know, through trial and error as God is, you know, we can walk with our kids and you know this, I know with your children too. The more experiences you have with your kids and, and the more things we see in the world, the more we understand that, that there's truth in the way that God's laid things out. He's given us his revelation in his word and in his creation. And so when we look at things like how a butterfly transforms and we look at how a plant moves and how their roots have to go deeper when there's strong winds, the, the visual analogies of those are so helpful for kids to learn. And so we we just love exploring those things together with our kids because then we can ex- get excited about it with them. And so, yeah, I do love talking about that and get a little bit geeky about it, too. <laughs> well, you make us all geeky. I mean, literally, I've, I've heard you talk about water and relationships and all these things that I'm like, oh, I am totally geeking out about this. So you have a very <laughs> special gift and I am grateful. <laughs> Oh, God is good. Yeah, indeed, God is good. Amen, <laughs> amen. Well, today, so we have a part of our show that every Friday we have something called Family Forum Fridays, where we just dive into questions that listeners have asked or topics of concern or questioning from these families that we serve and we engage with. And today's topic is one that I get asked all the time, and I'm sure you do too, and that is about sibling relationships and sibling rivalries and, you know, just how do brothers and sisters, how do you manage having all of these little people in your house that need to get along? So I know this is something that has been near and dear to your heart. You've done a lot of talking about. So I thought you were perfect to join me on this discussion about that today. Yeah. You know, I remember when our kids were little, you know how we moms will say things and we're like, how did that come out of my mouth? But one time our kids were just, you know, just it was a rough day. And I remember telling our children, guys, when, when mom, when dad and I are dead, you're going to have each other. That's it. And so you need to get along. And and I realized that this was so important that I wanted them to have a long lasting relationship that went beyond being at home. When they had their family, they had these visions and and hopes and dreams of them vacationing together with their families and, you know, and, and, you know, I might be long dead, but I wanted them to have that relationship. And it just came out of my mouth. I'm like, yeah, well, dad and I are planning on dying anytime soon, but <laughs> this is really important. Yeah. And so it is, it, it's, and there's sibling relationships are their first friendships. It, it's a, it's a proving ground, a training ground for helping them to navigate what a relationship is, what a beautiful opportunity we have, not just for being with others, working with others, playing with others, but preparing them even for their future spouses. Mm. So that the navigation of living with another individual who is different than you and has different thoughts and different strengths, it's a great opportunity to learn to love one another who's different, who you're living with in the house. So it's very, very important. It really is. And, And we did the same thing. We stressed all the time about how you know, God designed our family. God put you together to be best friends for life. This is God's plan, not ours. God did this. And you're able to position it and and really start reinforcing the idea of these relationships that's so important for them because a lot of, for a lot of their friends, those relationships weren't 
valued. Those relationships weren't prioritized. And so it's it's a great opportunity for us as parents to help them understand the dynamic that God has created and how he wants them to function together. Absolutely. And, and in the household, they feel the freedom of letting people see the real them. You know, they, they can be on their best behavior when they're out of the home. But in the home, it's 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 raw. There's more there's more reality. And so that and that's what happens when you have maybe a long term roommate or your future spouse. And so this is a great opportunity and realizing that loving each other is modeling what Christ has done. You know, like you said, we are intentionally placed in our families by God. And and so when they say, why is he so different than me or why is she so different? It's because the Lord wants them to understand those unique differences. And perhaps that's what their spouse is going to be like one day. It's just a great opportunity. So it's so important to not be to be intentional about this beautiful relationship opportunity, a very challenging relationship as we because they're young and they're learning. But as parents, we want to help them navigate that. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I think that for a lot of us, we we recognize and young young parents, you recognize the importance of this, but you may not see the long tail on it. Have you, as you've kind of studied this and lived it out, what are some of the benefits and impacts on a, a family dynamic for really investing and prioritizing helping these boys and girls get along well within your home? The benefits of this is obviously family unity and enjoyment of each other. Everything becomes more much, a much greater blessing. But there's also opportunities for your children. You know, by having your kids home, you get the opportunity of having allowing them to have memories together, common memories, common experiences together. And that's one of the reasons why homeschooling is such a beautiful opportunity to foster sibling relationships. So imagine your children are going to a public or private school out of the home and they're all on different grade levels and they go, you know, the fifth grade class goes and the zoo and they see the elephant deliver a baby or something. And it's some fascinating thing. Well, they're together with these little kids, other kids that they may never see the rest of their lives. But you as a family going and doing something together, your kids are going to reminisce and have these shared memories that builds a bond. You know, I'll tell people whenever you have a common memory with someone, you have a link or connection. And so my family and I have these, you know, we, we quote movie quotes and <laughs> most people are familiar with like the princess bride. And so if I were to say, throw out a Princess Bride movie quote, most people will be like, oh, this or this or this. And then next thing you know, you've connected with that person. And so it's the same idea of having a shared memory. Looking at the Grand Canyon for the first time by yourself with nobody to share it with is nothing like doing it with someone. There's a connection and a bonding. And so now as I look back at when my kids are all home and, and I listen to them around the table talking, they start reminiscing about shared memories and they laugh together. And they, some of those are, you know, shared memories that are misadventures we had when the van, you know, the tire broke, popped and mom was crying and it was raining. And, you know, and that was so fun because we all ended up getting ice ice cream afterwards or something. And and the memories that they cling to bond them in a beautiful way that then they can take with them as they go. It's just, it's a connection. And so that's one of the benefits of this, this journey of fostering those close relationships. Plus they're there for one another. We, we, we use the, um, analogy in our family as a team. We're a team. The Lord put us together as a team. The enemy is the one we're against, not each other. And then we use analogies of like, you know, when our kids played soccer, we said, what if two people on the same team were fighting with it with each other? Would that be helpful? Will your team get a goal? Well, of course not. So 
if the team is not working together and we're not moving forward and, and we are so extensive and the Lord has put us together in this team. And so we need to learn how to work together. And we're so much stronger that way because the enemy wants to split us apart. And so those are kind of the conversations we have to show that this is a worthwhile endeavor to um, become closer together as friends and as siblings. Uh, that is so good. And I, I love the way that you position that the enemy is who we're fighting against, not each other, because that that really is so reinforcing of that team idea of that God put us together. And it 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 also as you're as you're counseling, as you're shepherding hearts, you're able to to position the the blame that like, help them start to think biblically about what's going on among them, too, which is such a helpful thing. So, yeah, I Absolutely. really, really yeah, when they're what you position. Yeah, yeah, when they're in that the throes of that arguing, helping them to see that you know, the enemy is prowling like a lion. Mm. He is trying to devour and we don't want to let him do that. And the only way we can do that is to stay strong together and to work each other out and be for each other. We're stronger together to fight against that. And you're right, identifying who the who the true enemy is. So many families are just being targeted left and right by the enemy who is trying to break up, break us apart. And so we as parents have got to be strong and it's going to take time and it's going to take energy and take work, but bringing it back to those biblical truths to help them understand the why behind we're doing this, not just because dad and I are going to die one day, but because <laughs> God has this for you. He gave you each other. You may have nothing in common with each other, but God knew that you had, had abilities and strengths and and, and things that, that will benefit one another as this same family household. And when you become adults, you are there for each other. It's not that you're not, you don't have to have common interests. Your common interest is that you're siblings and right. that God gives you together. And that is so good that you want to maintain the rest of your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Let's let's move on because I, I imagine there are those sitting out there. Yes, I want that. I want that. I think that's great. But how do I do it? So how would you, you know, what are some practical strategies or ideas, ways that you saw through the years that really helped build those friendships? Because like you, like even yesterday at after church, we were sitting around the table. The the kids are dying laughing about a lot of stuff I didn't even know happened. I mean, that comes up all the time now, stuff that they're dying about. And it's it's such an amazing thing to watch them think back to when they were kids and they were doing all this stuff. And and, you know, it's it warms my heart in ways that I would have never even imagined, like the joy that comes from seeing your kids loving and relating to one another as adults is incredible. But what were the ways that you guys found to really foster those friendships? Yeah. So there are practical things. Obviously, number one, first and foremost, is to be prayerful, pray about this. Ask the Lord to help you be wise in your decisions. But there are, there are certain practical things. We want our kids to first understand that each one of them is unique. God made them uniquely different from one another and how to understand the others, their siblings, that their age differences, their ability differences, their temperament and personality. So when they're young, we need to, we used to tell our children, our olders, you know, you need to understand that the little ones don't, don't know that You've spent hours on this Lego model. And so it is your responsibility to keep that thing away from the littles because they may tear it apart. They don't understand or they're too young and they may put it in their mouth and swallow it. So you have to be responsible for these little tiny toys that you might have. 
because the little ones don't understand. They're in a different season of life. And it is a blessing to be able to love and serve them by keeping them safe. And so that's the, the, the being careful with each other's things as they get older, processing things and understanding that they process things differently. We had our kids take little personality tests and, and do the love languages and, and the various things that they could see how the other one communicates because children are very self aware of, of just themselves. They don't really, they're not other aware yet. And so we want them to understand that, you know, when, when you speak loudly at your sister, it's going to hurt her feelings because she's more tenderhearted and loud, loud voices might make her feel like you're angry, even though you're just excited or, or whatever those differences are. Some, some children are a little more cautious minded and not as courageous. And so pushing them into the pool is not going to be something that they're going to appreciate. And so helping them to see those unique differences and how God has those differences for a purpose for that child, for whatever he's got for them as adults, we want them to realize they're going to be different. And those differences are going to potentially cause some friction, but we want to celebrate those differences. So that's one thing we do is to try to help them realize to become more other aware with their siblings and and see things from from their shoes. Encouraging service and sharing is another one. You know, Psalm 33 says, behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. We want to serve together and share together, and that is serving each other. So when you let your younger sibling look at your toy or your sharing, you're serving them. Mm-hmm. You, are, you are actually serving them, blessing them. It's an act of love. And we do things for each other because we love them. It was an act of service and sharing, and it was purposeful. So we would we would try to get toys that were you couldn't play them without a second person yeah. or a third person. So yeah. like cornhole and, and you know, some games and things where you need multiple kids. We looked for games where everybody wins, like you work together to try to win. But there's also even, even we, we, tr- we were intentional in not separating all of our kids. We had three boys in one room until our oldest was 18. And we realized we had two rooms at the time that we could have had the boys in when they were little. And we realized the younger one felt left out. And we could see him wanting to be with his brothers who were laughing. And, and we, so we, it took some adjustments and it took some training to give each other space within the room, but also to understand that that was a bonding experience for them too. They knew that one of them was not the cleanest and the other one was super tidy and, you know, they had to, and they had to navigate that. And so it was a great opportunity when, and we made some adjustments. We got some bunk beds tore out their closet and built shelves in there, kept the toys in a separate spot, all kinds of things like that. We gave them personal space too that the others could not invade. You know, like they had some shelves they could keep their own things on and we had to train for that. But that was one thing. We wanted we wanted to help give them closeness. When you intentionally separate everybody into their own room, not that that's necessarily a bad thing, but if you're doing that and you're buying one iPad separately or for each child and each child has their own this and their own that, so that they don't have friction, then you're preventing them from having the opportunity of dealing with conflict and working together. And so separating, you know, definitely you don't have conflict when they're not together, but then you don't have a relationship when they're not together either. So we want to have that opportunity to to foster things together with each other. You know, again, those shared experiences, doing things together, serving together. You know, go to a, a homeless shelter and serve food together. Go on a, a team project. And there's all kinds of opportunities usually that churches will have for your youth group to do things. Serve together. When you serve alongside someone, you go through even some hardships together. 
and that builds closeness. And so we want to serve together in our communities as a family, as siblings, and that builds those bonds. Yeah, I I totally agree. And there are so many good opportunities. And when you just, like you noted, when you start with prayer and you just ask the Lord for wisdom, you're going to be amazed at how he directs your steps, even if you don't recognize that he's doing it. A lot of times when you look back, you're going to see all of these really great ideas that you had that that truly were answers to prayers. So I encourage you to to kind of be on the lookout for those. Praise God in the moment for the way that he's directing you and trust that he will give you those ideas that are going to foster those great relationships. I also really appreciated how you noted really just in passing, but I kind of want to bring it up again. How they each had your, your, the brothers in the illustration you were given, how they shared a room, they shared space, they shared a lot of things, but they each had a little space that was their own. And I think that that's a really important and overlooked thing is, you know, just like us, there, there are, there are things that it's, it's meaningful to have. You, you need to have some stuff that is your own that you can care for that you, you can, you know, kind of enjoy that's your own. And I think that sometimes when we, we overlook the needs of our kids in that way, that we are, we're actually kind of unintentionally maybe fostering rivalry in ways that are kind of silly that we should, we can easily avoid. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Yes, you're right. I mean, you may have a child who is super, super introverted and really like they're quiet even. Right. And so forcing them to be with the whole family at all times is actually counter. We, we need to, we need to be, you know, students of our children and under, in, in the sense that we need to understand how they work, what makes them tick, what makes them excited and, you know, getting things on their level and giving those, them those individual opportunities to be themselves. And so, yes. And then helping the others, like you may have a younger child who always wants to be with his older brother. You know, he just, he's like following him around like a little puppy all the time. And that's very normal and that's wonderful. But then the little one needs to understand there's going to be times when your big brother needs to be by himself and do this. And giving him that space is a way of honoring him and loving him. In the same way that on the flip side, you ask the older brother to play with his younger sibling occasionally because that's his way of, of loving and serving the younger sibling who always wants to be around him. So yes, there's that beautiful opportunity of helping them to learn to be together, but we don't want to swing so far that we're forcing them together for everything and they don't have individuality because yes, God made them individuals and made them unique and we want them to want to celebrate that. We want to give them personal space and personal things and places where they can be or go or time periods that they can do the things that they enjoy doing. And of course, they may have some friends outside the home that maybe they want to do that with them and not be with the little little ones. We tried as much as possible to do things as a family together with families of friends. But as they get older as well, we want to consider that. So I'm glad you brought that out. That's a very important part of this stance of keeping them together, but also having them develop individually. Hold that thought. We will be right back after a short break. The award-winning CSB Explorer Bible for Kids helps kids place God's Word in the middle of God's world. Within its engaging, full-color pages, kids will interact with the people, places, and things of the Bible and God's creation. 
fascinating images, illustrations, timelines, and study helps show archaeological evidence, introduce key characters, explain new concepts, and help kids experience the wonder and truth of the Bible. QR codes placed throughout the Bible bring educational videos, discussion questions, and activity pages to life, helping kids apply key truths of the Bible to real-world experiences. Go to teachthemdiligently.net forward slash explorer Bible to get your copy now. Again, that's teachthemdiligently.net forward slash explorer Bible. Well, exactly. And, you know, the Bible tells us that we, we should live and understand, like in an understanding way with one another. It is, it's really important for us. And it's, it's particularly important for us as parents to try to get to know our kids. That's one of the beauties of, of heart schooling, which is, you know, kind of our approach to, to homeschooling, which you would ad- adhere to too, going for the heart of your kids. Mm-hmm. Because as you are doing that, you are getting to know them more deeply. You're able to start creating environments and experiences and such that really do set them up for success, give them a foundation for faith and for, for practical application for all of these things that they're learning in a way that when you're just looking at checkboxes or you're just going after, okay, such and so said that, that we share everything, we share everything, you know, and you're, you're like whitewashing everything into one little box without understanding and honoring the person that God created. You really are putting yourself, you're setting yourself and your family up for a lot of friction that shouldn't be there. Absolutely. Absolutely. But then again, there's we want to do things that help foster the bond so that they enjoy being together, too. So building tradition is another thing. And I'm not talking about, you know, for the last generations and generations, we've always done X, Y or Z. I'm talking about within your family, your family tradition. And some of the traditions that you're going to do as a family are not necessarily things. It's not like the Martha Stewart Thanksgiving you have to have. Uh, It might be Saturday morning pancakes. This is what we do as a family or popcorn night and movie night on Friday night. But things that are intentional that you do, this is what our family does. You know, we get together or after church on Sunday, we we come home and we have lunch and we invite people over. That's our thing. That's our that's our family tradition. It may be at Christmas time we do X, Y, or Z. But that's that's another way to foster the enjoyment together that the whole family can enjoy together. And again, building those those connected memories, having deeper experiences together, and stronger bonds. So those are those are ways to integrate the unique individuality without keeping them so separate that they don't, they're isolated. You don't want to isolate. Oh. It is such a beautiful, you know, we want our children to love one another. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. And to make sure that we're not isolating, make sure that we're not mm-hmm. siloing, you know, making these lanes that you know, nobody switches over. You're, you're in your lane, you stay there, you do your thing and you create your life and, I think so often people are guilty of that because they're trying to be so accommodating that they go to the other side. So both both extremes of whether you you don't give them any any space to be themselves or you don't encourage them to interact. Both of those extremes are just really, really damaging to sibling and family relationships. Um, sure. And, yeah. And yet homeschooling ultimately is one of the best situations for doing what you just said you know, working with each other, helping and serving, loving each other, and yet celebrating the uniqueness. So you may have a child who is super strong in math, 
and another one who struggles in math. And so those you can, if it's the older one who is strong in math and the younger one's not quite getting it, have them teach them a little bit using Legos or something and say, you know, how can we teach, how can we explain this concept of fractions using, you know, a pizza and get, involve the older one with the younger one. And that investing into the younger sibling's life gives the older one a sense of pride when the younger sibling sees, mom, look, you got it. Or, or teaching them how to ride on a roller, uh, uh, on a scooter for the first time or, or on a skateboard or whatever. That, that, that let me teach you, let me show you builds a, a connection because it's helping the older one foster or pour into the younger one. The younger one's getting a benefit from it. And that also makes a connection of the relationship within the homeschooling environment that we have time together to do this stuff. You know, we, we are, we're working together. Again, having the olders help out or teach the youngers or show them, you know, if it's a chore and they're doing something together, you can say, well, I like to listen to music when I put away the dishes in the dishwasher. Let's have a dance party and put the music or the, the dishes away together with the older and the younger one together. It's, it's a wonderful thing to give them those opportunities. And we have so many more opportunities as homeschoolers because we're together all the time. We don't have our kids separated into grades when we go someplace. When we go to that zoo, we see the elephant deliver the baby. We're all seeing it as a family and the kids are like, that just blew my mind. I can't believe that. That was amazing. And they have that memory connected in their mind forever and can look back at that. And so um, it is such a blessing. You know, I, I, we want to be intentional, but just by homeschooling your children, you already are. You can work on character together and what character traits are and building selflessness and um, perseverance. And so when someone's struggling, we can all be praying, you know, how can you pray for your sister? She's getting ready to go take her first SAT exam. Let's all pray. And then they, they're invested or the little one is afraid they have to go get a shot or a, you know, go to the dentist for the first time. Let me pray for you or have your old, the older ones pray for the little ones. And when they come back from the dentist, oh, it wasn't so bad. I did okay. And there's an investedness in, in the other because we are praying for them. We're, we're working with them. We're serving them. We're loving them. Olders to youngers and youngers to oldest. Littlest ones can be praying for their older ones. And that is a big deal. And helping them to understand it's a big deal so that when the older one comes back from their SAT exam, they can report back to the little ones who prayed for me. Thank you for praying for me. I really, I was, I was nervous and it did okay. I did okay. And so those are the kinds of things in our life day, day to day that we can help to think about intentionally and, and bring those those conversational words that help to point out what they're doing. You are for your sister. You are for your brother. We are for one another. And we we pray for them because we want them to succeed. God created the family, among many other things. The family is a microcosm of the greater body of believers so that we can learn well to live with one another, being selfless to one another. So we want to continue to pursue each other. Christ does that to us. He pursues us even when we're not pursuing him. We need to pursue each other in friendships. And so that's a part of the day by day thinking. We need refresh. I mean, we all kind of know this, but we need refresh to refresh our minds and our hearts and to have that as a part of our vocabulary for our children so that they grasp it as they're going through the days. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so, so well spoken. And so, I am so grateful that God has called us to homeschool. So we do have the time. We do have really the intentionality because we're there focused on relationships already. So, you know, it overflows easily into relationships among the siblings. It's It's been such a gift, this this opportunity to homeschool our kids. 
But as much as I would love to say that it was always, you know, roses and and beautiful relationships, I live with a bunch of sinners, and I'll bet you did too. <laughs> so, uh-huh. how, did, how did you deal when? You know, there were conflicts, there was bickering, there were breaks in those relationships. What were some of the ways that you handled those conflicts or, or the bickering that I'm sure happened from time to time among your kiddos? Yeah, and this one, we could go hours, but really, we want to first understand that we must be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, as Jane said. We're going to have conflict. It, it's, it, we're going to have it. It's going to happen. And that's something that we can look at as an opportunity to build the relationship. So, you know, our children tend to be me focused. I mean, I'm in me, I'm me focused, you know, if you guys would just stop bickering, we could get this done faster. I mean, I'm thinking about me and my time and I've got to get dinner done. And, and yet, so there's, there's good things to do when conflict happens. First, we want to like listen to their words. What's first coming out of their lips? Our words are so important. So watch for words like always or never, like he never shares. She always messes up my stuff. That's coming out of frustration. And so we want, we, we, when we hear those kinds of things, then we know that they're holding on to these thoughts for a long period of time and they're frustrated. And that's not the best time to reconcile immediately. We want to calm down. We want their, them to get control of their hearts. And so understanding that, that what they're saying doesn't warrant anger. Okay. We can acknowledge that you're frustrated and, but let's see the bigger picture. You know, you are for your sister. She is for you. And why? Because God has made you siblings. So we want to talk about forgiveness. And, you know, let's say that, you know, I'm sure that something like this has happened in everybody's household. The older one has done this big, amazing thing and the little one comes and just smashes it, whether it's out of spite or whether it trips and falls on it or whatever. And now that's going to hurt. That's going to, or, or they throw something and it hits him in the head and it literally leaves a wealth, you know, out of, they didn't mean to do it, but it did. Forgiveness is not stopping your hurting. Forgiveness is not getting justice what you deserve. It, it's really, we don't want what we deserve, right? Mm-hmm. We forgive because God forgave us. So when we forgive, we still may have that welt on our head. We still may have a crushed, you know, model train that we just made. It, it's, but that's not forgiveness is not fixing it. Forgiveness is, is something that we are called to do because God forgave us, right? Christ took those consequences of us sinning against him. And that's what we do when we forgive. We relent to live with the consequences of someone else's offense against us as if they didn't do anything. That is so hard. You know, I have not mastered that. That is something that's going to take a lifetime to even begin to th- start getting our brains around. But understanding that when we forgive, we're, give, we're giving up that idea of vengeance. So I get to go smash something of his or I get to go throw something against his head. No, we don't want that. We're leaving that in God's hand. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. That is something that that we have to give up because God, Christ did that for us. Christ did that for us. So we forgive because God forgave us and we forgive our younger siblings as an example to them. We model that for them. Your little sister is watching you. She's taking cues from what you're doing. Conflict resolution is kind of, is the big deal here. It sets the stage for how we navigate future relationships with our friends and our future spouse, because guess what? You're going to probably have some issues occasionally with your spouse. And so there's going to be disagreements. Well, we used to do it this way and we used to do it that way or communication conflicts. And so I didn't say that. Yes, you did say that. So those are some things to do. When, when conflicts happen, we want to first listen carefully. So oftentimes it, it, it comes to explosions of emotion. And so I have my kids just separate for a little bit. I say, you know what? Before we talk about this, and we are going to talk about this, 
I want everybody to take five minutes, you know, whether it's, it's sitting on their bed in their room or sitting on the couch or you sit here, you sit there. And I want us to just pray for a minute and ask the Lord to calm our hearts. And sometimes it's so much that we have to wait and come back to it later if it's, you know, someone got hurt really badly or something. But we need to have a calm heart when we talk about this. Ask the Lord to give us those calm hearts. And then we can start really interviewing one another. And we want our kids to learn that this is how you walk through that process. So person number one, what are you feeling when this happened? What were you thinking? Well, I was just minding my business and he came along and he smashed this out of no, you know, for no reason at all. And I don't understand. And it's just, it's all his fault. Okay. That person said that, but the next person said, well, you promised me you were going to play with me in 10 minutes and it's been 30 minutes and you haven't played with me. And so you weren't listening to me or being my attention. And so I just got frustrated and upset or I didn't mean to step on it. It was a complete accident. Having them communicate calmly is so important because oftentimes it's a misunderstanding. Sometimes it isn't. Sometimes it's not. And that's where the character comes in. Self-control. When you were, you know, your your sibling said that he was going to play with you in 15 minutes and you couldn't wait. We need to learn self-control because self-control is something the Lord wants us to be able to to understand that we, our bodies may want to do X, Y, or Z, one thing or another. And we need to, we need to take control of that because that is part of the fruit of the spirit. And is, is that self-control controlling the outer rages we might feel. And if you feel frustrated, ask the Lord to give you peace. So it all comes back to prayer and then also then forgiveness. And so once you've assessed what's happening and you've had them communicate, I mean, again, this is just pure conflict resolution. This is something I do with my husband. This is something I do with anybody I have a conflict with. We sit down and we communicate calmly and and, then, and establish the fact that we're for each other. We want this to work out because we're for each other. That God put us in this situation together or this household together or wherever it, whatever it is. And we, we want to work this out because he has called us to do this. And so then once we get the details out, there may be consequences that the offender may have, that mom and dad will decide what those will be. But we still want the relationship to men and we want that forgiveness, even though there may be some hurts still. Why? Because God did that for us. Why? Because God gave us our brothers and our sisters. Why? Because he wants us to have a relationship with them. Why would, why do we know that? Because he put us in the same family. And so sometimes it's just, that's the way it is. But he always does this. Does he always do this? And we're working on this and we can be praying for him on this. And so there's that call. And, and mom and dad, we got to be calm for this. Yeah. We have to say, you know, we don't want, heaven forbid, we say, why can't you be like your brother or sister? That just causes, that just causes division, right? That's not encouragement. Your brother learned this faster than you. I know the temptation is there. I've been there. You know, fifth day on the same mathematical lesson. And what? Did we do math? I mean, come on. Your brother learned this fast. I mean, I wanted to say that. But all that does, it's not encouraging. That just builds resentment, right? We don't want that. So so we have to learn self-control of our mouths. We have to learn self-control of our frustration this might be the sixth time today that they've gone, they've bickered and we haven't done one subject yet. Let me tell you, mom and dad, if you're building character in your kids and the academics are put aside, that is the most important thing you can do. Don't worry about the academics will come. If they learn hard work, hard, hard work ethic and perseverance and self-control, when they're adults and need to learn something, they're going to do it. They're going to have the character to do it. So 
building character is first and foremost in our quote education as homeschoolers. The academics there, they can come, you know, I, I write science books. I, you know, I'm all about that, but put away the science. If you've got to train character and some days you may feel like you've done absolutely nothing. There were days I would tell my husband, he'd come home from work and I'd say, do you see the virtual referee jersey that I am wearing? Because <laughs> that's what I felt like I've been doing all day long. Mm-hmm. And yet he gave me the freedom of saying, you know what? It's okay. It's okay if you do that, because I want our kids to grow together and to grow um, in the in the you know, strength of the Lord and to grow wisely in the ways of the Lord. And that was a blessing for me to hear that I'm like, we didn't do this and there, there's no dinner done. And I always felt like I was just totally messing up. Focus on relationship, focus on character. That will benefit your children in so many ways. I've seen that so many times. Every kid's going to grow up with educational gaps, even the public school and private school kids, everyone, because you can't learn everything in 13 years of education. But character can't be taught in the school system. Yeah. This is the home and the household is where God wants you to train your children, where God wants those hearts to be reached. When you're talking about heart schooling, this is it. This is the core. We want that beautiful, lovely growth of their hearts, their growth in the ways of the Lord. And that growth will help them learn to love one another despite the other's unique differences despite the fact that one tends to fly off the handle more than the other one, or that one feels very, very deeply and emotional where the other one really doesn't. Despite that, they'll begin to understand that and love each other for that uniqueness, seeing how God made them beautifully. Hmm. And then the academics will come. And so it, it feels overwhelming. I completely get it. And it feels like one more day, one more day. I, I don't know that I can do this one more day. But let me just tell you that God can sustain you. Be prayerful. God can sustain you through those challenges and give you that one more minute, let alone one more day, and then the next minute, and then the next minute. And standing on the other side of it, looking back now, I can see, wow, I was in some deep pits throughout many of those years, but God was the one that carried me. We'd heard those analogies and those stories. It's a different thing to walk in it. And some of you may be in it right now. Find a friend that you can call and just talk down off the cliff with each other off the cliff. You know, talk with your spouses about those struggles. Pray with each other. It is so important to get that perspective where we're seeing the bigger picture of what we're doing. Because we get so caught up in, okay, let the battle begin. I got my coffee. Here we go. You know, that that Monday morning battle that everybody seems to dread. Instead of saying, Lord, what are you going to do in our family today and this week? How are we going to, what are we going to look back on this week? You know, years from now, this week and see your hand. How are we going to see your hand? Or, and please show me those special moments that I can reflect on and, and treasure in my heart because those are the things that we want. And, and again, the treasury may not come until they're grown. Yeah. You're building the memories right now. And I, I, I guarantee you that that focus will be a blessing to your children and your household. Yeah, absolutely. And it's important to remember that you know, parenting's a marathon, not a sprint. You're you're in this for the long haul. And even if you don't see incredible strides forward in a short amount of time, God is working and, and you have to trust that he will take those little seeds that you're planting and they will take root as your children mature and grow. And as you are faithful and and you are consistent in the way that you're engaging with them and you're prayerful and going for their hearts. All of this in the Lord's hand 
turns out really, really beautifully. And it's a chance for us to grow and our children to grow. But we have to be patient. We have to trust. And we have to to recognize that this is this is a long, long term thing that we're working on. And it is so worthwhile. So, Sherry, thank you so much. I have been scribbling down notes like crazy. I'm sure everyone else has as well. I am just really grateful for you joining us today. Before we go, can you tell everyone where they can find you, how they can engage with you and get more information? Absolutely. Um, you can find me on SherrySelligson.com on the website, but you can also find me on Facebook. Same thing, Sherry Seligson, author, and Instagram. I'm happy to connect with you, answer questions. I'm at homeschool conferences and love to meet you, meet up with you there. It's just, it's just, I would love to, to talk about those things. So yeah, those are some places you can connect with me. Well, and everyone, you would you would be very blessed to connect with Sherry. She is awesome. She's super fun to talk to, but so wise, so grounded. I just can't say enough good about her. She will be a blessing as you get to know her more. So again, Sherry, thank you for joining us today. And to everyone else, thank you guys for spending your time with us today. I, I pray that this has been a help and an encouragement to you. We remind you all the time that The Great Commission starts at home. Your home is actually your Jerusalem and ground zero for the work that you're doing to build the kingdom. And the way that you're engaging in strengthening and building these relationships with your kids, helping your kids understand that God put your family together for a reason. And he knew the dynamics that would be there and he knew the struggles that they would have. But he also knew how he would use their ability to, you know, resolve conflicts and to get along with other people and to live life that way with with a heart of service and preferring one another in honor. He will bless that and he will use that greatly in the days to come. So this is such a worthwhile conversation to have. This is something that needs to be a real priority within your family, strengthening those bonds among your kiddos so that they will have great relationships as they grow older, but they'll learn so much more than just building good memories, which is a wonderful, wonderful fruit of this. But there's so, so much more to it. And Sherry's done a great job of sharing those things and giving us an idea of of how God can use what you're doing in your home in that way. So I hope that you have a great rest of your day. If you haven't done it yet, would you go subscribe to the Homeschooling Families podcast so you don't miss any episodes at all, but leave us a review or a rating there. That helps us so much reach more families as we try to strengthen and encourage people from all around the world, Christian homeschool families who see their home as ground zero for the the work that God has called them to do. So I hope that you will help us in that way. Have a great, great rest of your day, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you for joining me today. It's my prayer that every episode of the Homeschooling Families podcast helps to strengthen your family by giving you biblical and practical ways to raise your children and educate them well. We'd love to engage with you more. So check out teachthemdiligently.net to find out about the resources and experiences we offer Christian homeschooling families like yours all year long. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and a whole lot more. Mm -hmm.